Now on Sports Talk, it's SC Wild with Major Billy Downer of the Department of Natural Resources. Major Downer is here to take your questions about the great outdoors in South Carolina. Give him a call at 888-898-2525. It's SC Wild from DNR on the Sports Talk Radio Network. And a pleasure it is to welcome in for the first time in 2023 the Major Billy Downer from the Department of Natural Resources. Back for another year of SC Wild here on Sports Talk. We're looking forward to it, looking forward to being involved with things, maybe doing some shows on some locations, maybe in a dove field, maybe in an alligator pit. Whatever you want to do in 2023, Major, it's your call. I, I love it. Thank you for inviting me to the alligator pit. I think I'll take a pass on that one. But anyway, <laughs> never, um, never missing your chance to pull in the alligator in the story. Great well, job, I, I was going to say, and by the way, the happy, year, happy, first happy, show. happy new year to you. But I was going to say I was in happy Florida. I was in Florida for about, uh, gosh, four or five days there down in Miami covering the bowl game, Fort Lauderdale, and didn't see a single gator anywhere that uh i walked around so that was that was encouraging that maybe they have you know gone some places and staying away from people yes uh, florida's temp- temperature typically and climate is such though that alligators are active throughout the year so um it does get a little cooler sometimes but i don't know i didn't watch the weather down there i know the gators as a team, did not fare very well. No, the Gators the, did not. the holiday at all. They did not. I'll uh, tell you what, let's do this as we begin the new year. And if you have a question or comment for the major, you can reach him at 888-898-2525. He's more than happy to take your questions and your comments and your observations. As we go into the new year, are there any new laws that you know of that are going into effect that impact the outdoors? No, not right now, Phil. Um, you know, legislative session begins in just a few weeks here. Uh, and so our legislators from across the state will be gathering again, and we'll see what we're presented with and what's being pushed this year in the weeks to come. I know sometimes on the show we'll talk about that and kind of see where things are headed. Um, a lot of uh, There's a lot of energy out there um, on different topics from deer hunting, dog hunting, to duck hunting, waterfowl impoundments. There's there's never a lack of energy for wildlife when it comes to – it doesn't matter what you talk about. Like mm-hmm. I said, ducks, deer, there's always uh, uh, an opinion uh, by many good folks out there who have great opinions and great uh, reasons why they believe the way they do. So a lot of passion in the outdoors, uh, certainly. You know, we just finished up our 2022 uh, deer season. Uh, we will have a youth Davis coming Saturday. Uh, the Youth Day, again, is uh, for anyone 17 and younger. They do not have to have tags um, on Youth Day at all or be licensed on Youth Day, um, and that is statewide. Uh, so that, that'll be our last little hit at it there. Um, you know, it, it gets tougher as we talk about in the deer season. had a lot of people uh, personally with me that were trying, you know, to go in deer hunting and deer. Uh, we went through that really cold snap right there at Christmas and then it got warm, and deer just stopped moving in a lot of places. They just didn't come out as much. And um, uh, when it gets warm and hot, they don't typically move as much as when it's cold, and they need to get that energy uh, food uh, to, you know, and it's going to be more active. But anyway, um, so deer season kind of ended a little bit slower. 
uh, in some years in the past. Uh, but waterfowl season continues. I know that uh, been seeing a lot of work, a lot of pictures uh, from my good friend Ed Paul with the South Carolina Wildlife Partnership, um, uh, where they're doing the uh, working with DNR uh, and taking some of our folks that didn't get drawn in our duck hunts. Uh, this year, and they're actually entered into a pool of folks who get to go on some private land. Uh, so it's like public opportunity on private land. It's really a good uh, good program, showing a lot of really good waterfowl pictures um, with everything from canvasbacks to wood ducks to, you know, mallards and gadwall all across the board teal. Uh, but uh, a lot of ponds uh, in the Lake Marion area, I always focus on that. Uh, as always, doing well with ringnecks, uh, the divers there. Um, uh, that, that tends to be kind of the staple duck for a lot of these ponds. And, and then there have been some gadwall and a few widgeon here and there mm-hmm. uh, scattered amongst. Uh, you know, the coast is full of teal right now. A lot of blue wing, green wing teal uh, on the coast. The coastal hunt's doing very well. Murphy Island really doing very well. Um, you know, model ducks are, are king down there. Uh, as far as a premium, but you got really good flights of uh, blue bill, uh, blue wings, excuse me, uh, and green wings to fill the bag there. Uh, so plenty of ducks on the coast, and, and as far as that goes, on coastal impoundments. Uh, and we'll we'll talk more about that as we go through the year. I want to keep focusing on some of our waterfowl uh, management as we had Molly before uh, talk about that because I think there's a lot of interest from folks in that, uh, and we want to kind of you know inform folks that may not know about the amount of work that goes into our coastal impoundments. But anyway, so waterfowl season continues. Dove season does continue also uh, through the end of the month as, as well as deer, as, as duck season, excuse me. Um, and, you know, this time of the year for dove hunts, I had a really nice dove hunt with my uh, my neighbor hmm. over the Christmas break. Um, very enjoyable. And, you know, this time of year you get some cold weather. And if you've got corn on the ground or you've got the ability, uh, still standing corn, which is hard to have after – the wind that we've experienced in the last few months, and particularly that cold snap came through with a lot of high wind. It's hard to keep corn standing, but bush hogging corn, uh, making it available for the birds, which is legal for doves, of course. You can manipulate dove fields uh, that uh, migratory birds come in, and typically they come in in big groups, 20 and 30, and they swoop in a field, and uh, we got to experience that uh, uh, over the break and had a lot of fun. So dove season's still in, waterfowl season's still in, of course, small game season, um, you know, squirrel, coon, uh, rabbit are all in as well. You know, February is the month that everybody really, I think, focuses on small game because everything else is out. Um, but um, so we got a, a variety of things for folks uh, to go out there after in the outdoors and enjoy. Of course, quail season is also in it is, is, as well. Kind of hard to go see a wild quail anymore hmm. unless you're um, lucky enough to visit areas where people are spending a lot of money uh, to focus on management, uh, land management for quail. Uh, and it, it's successful. It just takes a lot of effort. Not the old good old days by any means, but uh, there are some opportunities to see some quail and, and maybe MUR, WMA properties. So um, the opportunities are few, but they're out there. Uh, and, you know, quail is a great table fare. And so uh, I enjoy doing that as well. And and look forward to a trip in the future to go at least to some of the uh, plantations to do that. Uh, we'll have the opportunity sometimes. And even if you've got to pay to go to Georgia to a nice quail hunt, it's really nice to watch dogs work. Yeah. It's just hard to do that in the wild here. <clears throat> Let me ask you about, we had that, that 
Arctic vortex dip into South Carolina. I mean, temperatures dove, as you well know, what, right around Christmas time and, and for a little while after. And then now, you know, it's, it's gone back up 60, 70. It's going to be this way for a little while longer. What does that do outdoors for uh, the animals and in, in terms of activities and whatever it might impact when the, when the weather goes from one extreme to the other like that? What do you see outdoors? Well, like we talk about deer, deer are typically are not going to have to move as much. You don't have to feed as much because it's not as cold. And you don't have to create body warmth. So uh, you do see a slowdown with deer. Waterfowl season, typically we want to see lots of water. We've had some rain um, to fill up some of our beaver ponds or backwater areas. And that's necessary if you're trying to, to chase wood ducks. In some of our backwater areas, you need water. And if we've had a drought, which we experienced a drought in years past, and you don't have water standing in the woods and places, you won't see the wood ducks. Um, and fortunately, we've had some good water, good rain the last few weeks. We did get a lot of rain over Christmas. And uh, it's filling up some of our backwater areas and hopefully will provide more opportunity for wood ducks because wood ducks are one of our main um, waterfowl that people encounter throughout the state from the mountains to the sea. You know, you, know, you don't necessarily see a whole lot in the mountains, but they do have some wood ducks uh, up there at Beaver Pond. So, um that is one of the number one ducks taken in the state simply because they are a duck that we raise. And we've talked about that many times. You know, wood ducks are one of the few ducks that we raise here in this state. Um, they nest here. They breed here. They nest here. They raise their young here. So it's something we can affect with wood duck boxes by creating more habitat, um, more nesting habitat. We, we uh, hope to see increased waterfowl um, from wood ducks at least. And that's the good thing. But you you know, when it gets hot, not only does the animals slow down, but people don't want to go out when it's hot. Mm-hmm. Um, going deer hunting at the end of the season and swatting mosquitoes, well, welcome to South Carolina. That's what we deal with. Um, and folks get frustrated with that sometimes. And But that is how it is. When it gets warm, again, uh, activity tends to slow down some. Not necessarily waterfowl. You know, ducks are going to move. Um, rainy days. Typically, ducks get up and move around a little bit more. Uh, cold days just feel right, but cold days don't necessarily mean that uh, waterfowl are not going to move if it's a warm day. Now, if you get really cold days and we get ice, then ducks do move. Ducks move and leave, and that's what we look for up above us. When it ices up in the states above us, ducks move on down a lot of times. But we're seeing a lot of differences in the, in, in the modern age of as we manage waterfowl it, Ducks don't move like they used to. They stay in winter, over winter, in places where it gets colder now still because there's more food available there mm-hmm. uh, because people are creating or flooding fields and things. And even when it's, when it's ice, they still have food available so they don't have to leave. Um, so that's the challenge is you, it, it, we talk about if we talk about waterfowl management more. Um, that's just that age-old argument. So, But moving forward, you know, as we if we look forward to the new year, uh, you know, the challenges that we face from a from a legislation standpoint and our wildlife management is just managing people. And it's funny to say that when you talk about um, deer hunting and things, but, you know, uh, we have a lot of people moving to the state. We talk about this all the time. Uh, and people move here that aren't familiar with hunting. Uh, they don't understand why somebody's out on the road with a gun in their hand. They drive by. That scares them. They don't understand, you know, that's a tradition in this state. Um, it's currently still legal. Um, we have dog drives that mean folks, you know, do plenty of it. They do it plenty legal. Um, but there are folks that also do it wrong. And that, of course, 
you always say one apple spoils a whole bunch, and and that's the truth in life. Unfortunately, it just is. Uh, and there's been some case law developing across the nation right now. It's that is bringing on some question in the dog hunting and 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 the control of the dogs and things like that. And and folks are getting up and getting very restless with that. Uh, but in this state, dog hunting is still legal. Nobody's trying to get rid of it. I don't want to start any rumors there at all either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we we encourage folks as we leave deer season, looking to the next season, to think about the areas you hunted this past year and make sure that you've got adequate land, uh, that when you put dogs out uh, to run deer, that they're not running across someone else's property, that you're able to control those dogs, stop them, grab them, and keep them from running on someone's property who doesn't want them there. Um, you know, There's that age-old right to in- the quiet enjoyment of your property. And that's being brought to bear a lot now in the modern age of people that want to buy property in the country. And they don't want to hear anything but the birds sing. Hmm. And they certainly don't want a dog running in front of them. Uh, not to mention the guy trying to hunt, going to get Saturday off, and he goes out there and dogs run across his property, and he gets upset. And those are the bat- battles of the wrong word, but those are the conflicts that our officers face day in and day out throughout deer season. And they're a challenge because we are for hunting. We absolutely believe that hunting is a wise use of our natural resources. It's a part of conservation. It's the only way we manage our deer herd. But the challenge as we move forward is to, you know, support all methods of hunting as long as we're ethical and we're smart in how we do it and people can enjoy it without harming others. Um, You know, unfortunately, you know, every year we talk about accidents. People, we, we, you know, you've heard me talk about identifying your target, what's beyond it, uh, and we have accidents that happen um, or incidents that occur that, that involve loss of life, and, and they can be avoided is the, is the trouble with that. And those are things we look at again as we move forward. You know, those are the questions that come out. What can we do better? Uh, what can we as a club, if you're, if you're hunting, what can you do as a club to – Make sure that you are doing the best you can hunting and keeping dogs in your property if you dog hunt. Um, and, you know, even that, even further still, deer hunters in general, sometimes we're our own worst enemy because we throw a bloody deer on the back of a truck and leave the tailgate down so everybody mm-hmm. can see it. <laughs> Not everybody wants to see that. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to see a deer hanging off of the tongue, hanging out. Um, so, you know, simple things like closing the tailgate. And it's funny but there are people that are in horror when they pull up behind a vehicle with blood running out the tailgate and there's a deer laying there. Mm-hmm. It, we always encourage folks in our, in our hunter education class. And it's funny to talk about it now when deer season's over, but it's just one of the things as you look in a year and review, what can we do better? We can think about others that don't hunt and respect them, continue hunting and absolutely support hunting. But what can you do to, mitigate that and to think you know close tailgate if you've got a vehicle where you can't close tailgate you've got a deer on the back of a of a carrier cover it with a tarp not only are you hiding it from people that don't may not want to see it but you're also protecting your meat from the dirt and grime of the road which is a good idea as well mm-hmm. so there are good reasons to cover that deer up if it's on a car, car carrier um if you can't close tailgate up but those are just things that We've taught for for generations, or we keep continuing to try to teach, is so that we can hunt in the future for generations to come. Because again, as we talked about many times in the show, deer management—one of the only things we have to manage a deer is our hunting season. 
And holy cow, if we didn't have a hunting season, what would happen if deer running through the roads? And not only Phil, but everybody else is dodging them. So huh. um, I'm not dodging them, I'm hitting them. Move forward. <laughs> uh, well, exactly. I don't, I don't dodge and the them damage well. to cars today, yeah. the, the damage that causes the cars today gets in the thousands quickly anymore. So that's just some of the things you think about as you move from this season and look forward to the next season. Absolutely. So we got six or seven minutes left with you. Let's reflect on the holidays and things happening around the state. I do recall there was a hunting accident where somebody was accidentally shot and killed while hunting. I think they were not sure what they were hunting, but did you see the story in, in one of the, and he was on property. He was in the proper place, um, but it was just an accidental shooting. Yes. Um, so that goes to this point, Phil, as you know, knowing your target and what's beyond it. Um, and what's beyond it sometimes is things you can't see. And those are terrible. Anytime there's a loss of life during a recreational activity like hunting, it's supposed to be fun. That's horrible. And nobody wishes that on any family. So our hearts go out to the families that have incurred this loss. But the thing we encourage people to remember in that is, we think about ballistics and how far this will go, this shot will go, or a rifle or buckshot. People go, well, buckshots only affected 75 yards. That may be true. You and I might be able to stand out there in the field and face each other 100 yards apart and pull the trigger, and it might not hit us. But I have worked incidents where buckshot from a double buckshot sale has traveled 184 yards from the barrel it left, went through the outside wall of the trailer, went through the inside wall, went through the back of a mirror and landed on a dresser as a woman had walked away. Um, 184 yards. Does shot typically go that far? No. But under the right circumstances, sometimes it can. And so it's wise to think about always what's beyond your target. If I shoot and I miss the deer, what's beyond it? Could there be a person over there? I talked about that during dove season, you know, Late-season dove hunting can be challenging because birds will come in low. Did that on me. Um, They come in, they're six feet off the ground. There's no time you should pull the trigger on that because if you're shooting level, what if somebody moved and you didn't see them and you're shooting toward them with shotgun shell? Well, you know, shot, bird shot, might sting you. Okay, yeah. It also might hit you in the eye and take your eye out. I hate to pull the old Christmas story, but there it is. Mm -hmm. People have gotten hurt simply because people leveled that gun they should never have shot a low bird. We call it low birds in the field, and that's something that's just not worth shooting at. So things to think about, and, and you know, as far as we, you know, boating season, we've talked about that. I know you, uh, folks have probably heard about, you know, uh, the drowning that occurred on Lake Murray, um, but um, and can't really talk about that as, as we're still in an active investigation there. But, you know, as it's cold weather and it's this time of year, always encourage folks if you're boating, this had nothing to do with this one, but just it makes me mention this. Mm-hmm. A duck season typically cold. Make sure you're wearing enough clothing. Uh, layer up. Um, you know, if you can, don't wear your waders when you're boating. Wait till you get to where you're going to put the waders on. Um, you know, wear a flotation coat if you can find one. Those are great items for a gift. Is that flotation jacket so you don't have to worry about putting the life jacket on. The jacket is your life jacket. Um, Mustang makes one, uh, Stearns used to make one of the great items there, but layer up, stay warm, stay dry. Um, those are things, even in South Carolina, people can be exposed to cold weather and experience hypothermia. 
And we don't want anybody to experience that. Um, and if you fall in the water, and if your boat flips, if you're duck hunting, you hit a stump in the swamp, and the boat falls over, and you're in the water, one of the things to remember is get out of the water as much as you can. Even when it's cold, it may feel cold, <clears throat> but there's a false sense of security of staying in the water, and the water will drain your body heat faster. Get on top of the boat, out of the water, get on top of a stump, grab onto a tree, a log, get out of the water, and remove as much of your body from touching that water as possible. Those are things that can mean the difference of you staying alive longer in cold weather when it comes to hypothermia. Hmm. So it's things that are counterintuitive. We think the water's warmer. We feel warmer in it. But that water zaps your energy quicker. So get as much of your body out of the water as possible. So that's one of those hints to think about as we close up uh, waterfowl season in the coming weeks. Yeah. Major, just a couple more minutes with you. Uh, and just to piggyback on what you're saying there, to emphasize not to wear your waders, like you're saying, until you're actually where you want to be. A lot of people don't realize they can fill up with water. And if that fills up with water, it can cause you to drown. Very dangerous situation, depending on the type of boots you're wearing. Be very, very careful when wearing waders. Now, Major, quit. So, so how that happens, let me explain that. Sure, because please. that's sort of a mistruth. Waders today, neoprene waders, they fill up with water. Once it equalizes, you will not sink. It's not going to take to the bottom. However, it will hinder your movement. And that's the thing is try to remain calm, hit the water waders. Uh, you can still kick and move, but they will not sink you to the bottom. But they will make it hard to swim sometimes, uh, uh, very often. So there's just things to think about. Go ahead. Yeah, and especially <laughs> with the rising tide on the coastline. You're right. I appreciate you, you finishing that up. Uh, question for you. I have a buddy over in Newberry County. Newberry County. He's a cattle farmer and chicken farmer. Well, he has been having a bear of a time with coyotes the last few months. And right now we're kind of towards the end of calving season for cows. And coyotes are very prone to attacking these cows during the whole birthing process, etc. Trying to help him figure out how to best tackle this situation. Your advice, is it better to get some night vision or thermal type scopes and go hunt them? Or maybe get a donkey or some kind of deterrent for coyotes? Or what would you advise to other people who may be facing similar issues this year? Got about a minute. So coyotes are an ever-present problem. Yes, they do. They do. One of my best friends has cows. Well, they do come after young um, calves when they're born, particularly when they're wet and they're vulnerable. Uh, so that is why coyotes are in season all year long. The night hunting registration program online is how you do that. The best way uh, to effectively do that is to try to hunt them. They are able to be hunted year-round. Uh, we can talk about that again. We talk about that every year, and we, we will do that another show. Uh, but, you know, there are things uh, that uh, farmers use with buying donkeys. Donkeys are supposed to be mean and chase the, the uh, coyotes off. I don't know if that works or not, but I know a lot of people do it, buy donkeys for that. Uh, but the main thing would be coyotes are in season as far as they can be hunted year-round, and at night you just have to do their night hunting registration. Major great stuff. We're off and running here in 2023, and I know we got a lot of great things in the works as far as what we're going to do and where we're going to do it, and we look forward to getting back with you in a couple of weeks and diving deeper into uh, the subjects that are all out there in the great outdoors that people want to touch, and we appreciate you as always. Thanks, sir. Look forward to the next show. Thank you very much. Major Billy Downer with us here, SC Wild from DNR. He's with us every two weeks. Uh, here in uh, 
well, throughout the year, every other week, every two weeks, if you want to word it. Uh, he's with us here on Sports Talk for SC Wild, brought to you by DNR. And there's not a, a show that we don't have that I don't learn something. I have become so much more knowledgeable. Not that I could go out there and drop a line or aim a gun and do anything with it, but at least I've learned about it, you know, and I've learned about what not to do. Maybe that's the most important thing. I've learned about what not to do. His information there about the shotgun and how far the shot, this particular case, how far the shot actually traveled, that was an incredible piece of information. Okay, that's going to do it. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate Chris being with us from up at Boone. Appreciate the phone calls tonight. Those were great. We'll re-rack it. Do it again tomorrow night at 6.05. We'll see you then.